como 10 minutos, nada más que eso, y de ahí viene el, el, el sendero nuevamente de unos 3-4 metros de ancho. Welcome to another edition of Strangers Abroad. This podcast is a series of conversations with the wonderful and weird people that I met while I was backpacking throughout Latin America. These are the hitchhikers, the couch surfers, and the expats, the thrill seekers, the knowledge junkies, and volunteers, and society quitters. The people who, for one reason or another, made the decision to challenge themselves, to leave behind the comforts of home, venture out into the world, and see what happens. Here we go. Ed and V were our workaway hosts when my travel companion and I worked in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. We anticipated meeting them for months because their profile indicated that they were fellow globetrotting daredevils. And I quote, We've hiked to erupting volcanoes. We crashed weddings in various countries. We've even traveled with the workaway format and we loved it. End quote. Earlier in their lives, they had created fruitful careers in Seattle, but found that they were not satisfied with the materialistic rewards of success. So they decided to do what no stable owners of financially profitable companies would do at the height of their careers, which is to sell everything and abandon it for travel. After biking throughout Europe, backpacking throughout Southeast Asia, and creating the number one Airbnb in London, they are not settled with settling down. For the time being, they are currently resting in Acumal, Mexico. Being entrepreneurials at heart, they couldn't relax and enjoy the beach life, so they decided to start two more companies, which is what brought us all together. Would you guys like to introduce yourself? Who you are? Where are we? We are Ed and Dilia Noriega. We live in Acumal, Mexico. Cool. Um, so, how did you guys meet? You are from Ed. You're from Mexico. You're from Lithuania. Very opposite ends of the world. So, how did you guys end up meeting? The day where we really connected was at a salsa concert in Seattle. Very cool. Um, she was um, kind of taken by her friend. And I had seen her before, and I had tried to talk to her before, and she had, she didn't even, she didn't even remember me <laughs> when, when I saw her. I actually had to show her a picture of herself that I took. <laughs> um, and then, um, and even then, she, I, I asked her for her number, and she didn't give it to me. So what I did was, I gave her my number, and I told her she wanted to do something fun to give me a call. And she did. Very cool. So how long were you guys in Seattle, and what were you guys doing there? I lived in Seattle, in the Seattle area, for 14 years. I did everything. Um, but then at one point, I just I just understood that doing the, the regular thing where you just work and produce towards, uh, you know, towards a corporate goal uh, was really not going to get me anywhere where I wanted to be. The route that I had seen at the time that that seemed more viable was to open my own company, you know, benefit myself rather than contribute to benefit someone else. We kind of, we, we, we did fairly well. I also talked to her about starting her company, which she did. Um, and then years later, we, we thought that we had achieved what we wanted because we had bought a house, we had bought all, all kinds of toys 
but we were still not quite um, as satisfied as we thought we should be having achieved what we thought we should have. So then we started to consider the possibility of traveling. And after some time, we decided that rather than settling down in a, in a path where we were not attaining satisfaction, we, want, we wanted to you know, explore other things. So we set a goal that we needed to go to 50 countries wow. before we had kids. What number are you guys at now? 31, <laughs> so 32, I don't know. We stopped counting. <laughs> yeah, because when we, when we lived in Seattle, we, like I had only been to four countries. So uh-huh. it, was, it was a pressing issue to travel. But now that we've been to more places, we, it's not as relevant. Right. It's, I mean, we've, we've done, we've had experiences. So no, that after we decided that, we basically got rid of everything. Wow, we sold the house, sold the companies, packed bold. a lot of things, and bought a one-way ticket to Europe. Where in Europe? Uh, we didn't know. We, Where did you, you start? You flew to Lithuania, well, yeah. Portugal. Lithuania, we, Portugal, Spain. Yeah. Then we met in Spain. Where did we meet? Mm. Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. yeah, we 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 wanted to be, or we wanted to have something like we had in Seattle, where you have mountains in the winter and right. lake or rivers or the ocean in the summer. And the only place that we knew have that was Barcelona, because mm. it's right in the ocean on the Mediterranean and it has the Pyrenees. Right. So we went to Barcelona after, because I came to Mexico first. She went to Lithuania. Then I went to Europe, so we met in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Barcelona. Barcelona. We were in Barcelona for a couple of weeks. We met an American girl that gave us a lot of information about living in Barcelona. She told us that the jobs were sucked. Yeah. Um, very, very low uh, wages. Um, she told us that the rents were very expensive, mm-hmm. especially where she lived. Uh, but she managed to live where she lived because she rented her extra bedroom on these websites that we didn't even know what to call them. I mean, she told us the name and we were like, what? Our Berber? What? Our um, <laughs> Berber. It was, it was at the time, this was in 2009. Oh, I see. Airbnb was just... A baby. A baby. Yeah. It was completely different than, than it looks now. So we, it just kind of stuck with us, you know, that, that she was able to live in this very expensive place mm-hmm. uh, and have an okay life with a very low-paid job because she subsidized her income. Right. So we then went to... Oh, everybody told us in Barcelona was not a good place. Spain, in general because the economy was right. bad. Oh, yeah. And then I have a friend that lives there. Yep. He's lived there for, by now, probably like 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And he told us, um, it's, not, it's not legal to discriminate, but what they'll do is they'll, they'll ask you things in such a way that they will know that you're not Catalan, you're not Spanish. Right. And then, not ideal. So it's gonna be harder. Not right. impossible, but harder. You don't think that there's no... Uh... <clears throat> 
there's no brotherhood with you being Mexican and speaking Spanish? Not really? No. No. <laughs> no, the only brotherhood in Barcelona is like the, if you're Catalan. Gotcha. Because gotcha. they, will, they will, what he said is when you go to a job interview, they'll greet you in Catalan. Oh, wow. And when you answer in Spanish, they go, strike one. <laughs> oh. Then they'll talk to you in Spanish, and when they hear that you don't have a Spanish accent, strike two. Interesting. Did you find when you were in Spain... Because I find when I go to um, any of the British Isles, like Ireland, Scotland, mm-hmm. the UK, that they get really excited that I'm an American because we speak the same language. And it's like, oh, this is so fun because it's kind of different. Do you find that same excitement when you go to Spain or when Spaniards come to Mexico? <laughs> the accents... He actually, he actually laughs at Spanish accent. <laughs> oh my god, did you hear that? <laughs> Sorry, Mala. That's really funny. The, but, the lisp. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. No, I but the, yeah, you, you get all kinds of things. You get people that, right. that think that all of South America is backwards. And it's, it's almost huh. the same that some people will think of Africa. Africa and South America are the same. Huh. And there's some that have actually been to these places and they love it. Right. So it's... Uh, Depends on who you're talking to. It, it really does. Um, usually the more educated, the more traveled the person is, uh, the better response you get, the better conversations you get. Absolutely. No, but in Spain, we didn't stay specifically because, number one, it was we had just landed. We, we were not even off the jet lag. We were still <laughs> kind of... Uh, right. Then we went to Portugal. We were in Portugal for a while. Then we went. We were gonna go to Lithuania, but there were no direct flights from Portugal to Lithuania, so you had to go London first, then to Lithuania. Mm -hmm. So since we since we were gonna have to go to London, apparently we decided, well, let's let's see London. You know, since we're gonna go, let's might as well stop. Mm -hmm. So we were there for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Ten out of 14 days that we were in London. The weather was glorious. It was oh, amazing. <laughs> we, we didn't understand why people complain about the weather. Do you know what month was it? October. Oh, wow. October, because we got married in November. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was late, no, late October. And we were like, oh, this English, they don't know. We come from Seattle. <laughs> we have bad weather. You complain about this? <laughs> you don't know bad weather. So who has worse weather, the British or Seattle? The British, no. Really? Yeah. They prove the, you wrong. The, it's not so much. It's not that that it rains. It's that it's just cloudy and mm. they have the white sky. It's just yeah. clouds constantly. It doesn't rain as much as in Seattle, mm-hmm. but it's more static. The cloud just and just stays there. Mm-hmm. It feels colder, I think. It feels colder for some reason. Yeah. The issue with London is that um, you don't have outdoor activities to do in London. Yeah, and you don't have true. outdoor gear as pervasive as you do in Seattle. Right. Where you actually go to the snow and right. jump in it and play. You with can it. go to Mount Rainier. You can go to the ocean. Exactly. Absolutely. Whereas in London, you can go to the pub <laughs> or go to the theater <laughs> and then the pub. <laughs> so... How long were you guys there for? In London? In London. We ended up staying for three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, 
But we we did what what we had learned from that girl from New York in Barcelona. When we got there, we didn't know anything about London, so we said, okay, well, if we're gonna do that thing that she does, which is to rent her extra bedroom, we should get a place that um, Americans and foreigners would recognize. And being that we were so new and so ignorant of London, <laughs> the only thing that we knew was Big Ben and the Queen. Um, and there's no way in hell that we could afford to live near the Queen. Yeah. Because Mayfair and all those, they were, yeah, it was crazy. So we looked around Big Ben and we found the ugliest building around <laughs> in one square mile around us. We rented a flat. So we did that. We furnished it and we started renting it out on Airbnb. Nice. Um, and that was right when it hit, when Airbnb right. was like, boom. Brazilian Olympics, uh, football. That was Olympics. when it like, was it the Olympics it or was it football? Olympics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when it was like, wow, yeah. exploded. Well, they actually came to, to Airbnb came and, and interviewed us several times. Well, oh, wow. We got interviewed by Airbnb, by Brazil. Global. Oh, yeah, Brazilian. Global, which is the largest um, Brazilian TV station. Mm-hmm. Airbnb was interested in us because they had thousands of places to stay in London. Mm-hmm. And we had number one and number two in the rankings. Wow. So they wanted to talk to us about what we were doing that we were so successful. What were you doing? <laughs> what were we not, what were we not <laughs> doing? We, we, we literally got, in, we got invited to, to uh, talk to hosts, to new hosts, mm-hmm. and kind of educate them into what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And kind of tell them a little bit about our story. Because we had... By, by the time that, that they opened the London office, which is where all these events happened, our rental paid for our rent, paid mm-hmm. for our living expenses, all of it. Wow. Um, and then in the high season, it generated an extra thousand, twelve hundred pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. So did you guys have jobs while you were in yeah. London? Yeah. What were you guys doing? Um, you started as, as a receptionist. Yes. I started as a facilities manager. Then you moved to be a nanny again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I quit my job as a facilities manager and went to school to become an electrician. Nice. And I got an electrician's license and I started working as an electrician. Wow. Uh, but that was because our rent was paid and we had money. Right. So. Did you, did you guys find what you were looking for when you wanted to go out and travel? I did. Yeah. I really liked the ability to go, you know what, this job is stupid. I want to <laughs> learn something interesting. Absolutely. Because um, I, I, I mean, working in, in as a contractor in the States, I knew that electricians and plumbers make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that, that applies also in the UK. Nice. I mean, I, I walking into a construction site, especially in the States, where it's, it's a wood frame house and you can see everything before they seal it out. Yeah. You can see everything and how it works and it's just, oh, so that's, oh. Right. Oh, so it just, I just thought it was, exactly, I just right. thought it was interesting. So I did that and I got a license and I started working as, a, um, as an electrician and it was awesome because I would go to these English houses. Right. Into them and see how people lived and, right. and you know, 
I was the I was the Sparky, because that's what they call me. Oh, you're Sparky. <laughs> right. That's me. Oh, you're American too. Uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> so it was it was interesting. It was I really liked the again because it was troubleshooting with my hands. Right. Doing something that a lot of people consider it's, it's almost magic. You right. Know? You don't touch the electric. You, whatever you do, because you can die. Right. So you need to call somebody. So we, when we would come, people would... You're like a would, wizard. Exactly. They're like, oh, <laughs> something's <saved> wrong. <laughs> right. But it's, I mean, it's not that complicated. Right. But but most people just go, okay, so we don't need to fiddle with that. Okay, so call somebody. No, I, I really enjoyed it um, because of how my worst schedule worked. I was able to, throughout the Olympics, I was able to work as much as I wanted oh or not. God. So I went, we went to several events. We partied every, almost every day with the Brazilian um, contingent. Oh, wow. Um, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, living in London was very, very nice, but it was very, very... It was tough to see people and how they cope with, with what they have to in, in London because mm-hmm. people either live very, very well or they just get the life force squeezed out of them. We enjoyed it while we were there. We took every advantage that we could. Um, and then when we decided that it was time to move on. Right. So now we're in Mexico. Mm-hmm. How do we? How did we get from London to Mexico? We took a plane. <laughs> we walked. <laughs> we, we came here on vacation mm. because she had never been to Mexico. Before you finish that, did you guys, did you go to Lithuania? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. We went a couple times, huh? Couple times. Too many because it's too cold. Oh, I bet. No, we, we focused in, when we, when we lived in the, U, in the UK, we focused, we focused on traveling. Right. Um, once we, the, the, the problem that we had was that the Airbnb listing was so successful mm-hmm. and we were generating all this money. But we couldn't really go anywhere because we had people coming to be all the time. Right. So we talked to my sister into moving to London for six months. So she lived in our room. Basically, she operated the the the, the listings while we traveled. We first started with the cycling trip. We cycled from Norway to Spain. Wow. Um, and then we went to Southeast Asia for three months, which no proved way. to be. Too short. Yeah. We, for example, when we did the cycling trip, it was couch surfing, um, and Airbnb. We also camped. Uh huh. Um, we did not. Uh, we stayed in a hotel once, and then for two and a half months, it was in people's houses. Very um, cool. What was the um, countries you went? Starting in Norway. Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Germany. Holland, Belgium, France, Spain, through the flat parts, no? Cause, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. How did we get from London to Mexico? You started going on a vacation. We went, we, yeah, we came on vacation. The plan was to go to Costa Rica mm. um, in six months and then go back to London. But we arrived right before high season started. And when we told people, oh, this is what we're going to do, almost in unison, everybody said, that's a terrible idea. I mean, it's a good idea. Terrible timing. Right. Because high season is about to hit, and, and you don't understand how expensive things are going to get because 
so many Americans and Canadians come down for the winter that prices just skyrocket. Right. Somebody suggested we should stay through the winter, at least through March, and then move on, which sounded like, like a good idea. So once we decided to consider that possibility, we said, well, I'm Mexican, I can actually work here. So we looked, I don't even remember where. You, you, I don't know, you got a job interview somehow very quickly. Yeah, somewhere I found a job, inter- uh, uh, a job listing. I called and the first day on the first job interview that I went, I got hired. Nice. Um, but because we were going to stay only for three months, they said, oh, yeah, but you, you have to stay. We can't just, I mean, this is a real job. It's not like, you know, backpack. It's not a temp thing. It took like a week or two. And then I called them back. I said, you know what? We're going to, because we, at the end of the day, we said, you know, it's actually very nice to live here. And what we're going to do, if we go back to London, we're going to spend this much money, do this, and we're going to have this type of life. Why don't we actually do what we did in London? Cancun is very well connected to, you know, everywhere. Everybody has a direct flight to Cancun. So we're going to travel here, living near Cancun. Maybe a good idea. So we started thinking about it and we said, yeah, that makes sense. Do you want to do some shameless promotion right now? What do you guys do now? I'm a real estate agent and she does um, vacation rentals. Mm, nice. And we now have a company called Best Maya Rentals. And a photography site? Yes, we also do photography, Noriega Photographics. Very cool. Uh, so I think we'll end this with teach me something, a phrase, a joke, insider information that I should know if I go to Lithuania or something I should say in Mexico. Wow, this is, this is a hard one. I think... Well, I haven't lived in my country for over 10 years now, mm-hmm. 15 almost. Um, I say definitely when they offer you a shot of vodka, <laughs> have it and have you, and then the gates will open. <laughs> Don't say no. Gotcha. Don't say no to the vodka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, if you go to Mexico City, beware of the pickpockets. <laughs> um, Learned that one the hard way. <laughs> This is actually something that I learned a couple of days ago, that um, one of the more slangy terms in mm-hmm. Spanish comes from a word in English. Mexicans say chambear. Chambear. It's, all, it's used as a verb. It's used as a... Um, noun? Noun. And I never knew... I've, I always thought that it was an, uh, you know, like an Aztec word or... Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that in the 40s and 50s, the United States would grant uh, temporary visas for Mexican workers to go work in the States, usually mm-hmm. in, in the fields. And it was sponsored by the Chamber of Commons, uh, the Chamber of Commerce of different, you know, right. cities. So somebody that would go uh, and work under the sponsorship of a Chamber of Commerce used to be called in Spanish, you go to chambear, you know, because chamber. Right. So it, it got, it got um, Mexicanized. 
So somebody that is a hard worker, now we say is chambeador. Mm. Um, la chamba became a slang term for where you work. Mm-hmm. So when something is complicated and it, it's a it's a gig, it's a job to, to get it done, is uh, they call it a chambita. Mm. Um, and I always thought that it was a Mexican word, but it's actually not. It's not an old, ancient, indigenous no. term. No, no, it's from it's from English. Chamber of Commerce. English. Interesting. I never knew that until. Huh. This this one is huge for Mexicans. If you tell them that, they'd yeah. be like, <gasps> no. Really? Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. My travel companion and I enjoyed our time working with Ed and V and their pet crow, Jon Snow. We would work the oppressively hot coastal afternoons in the comforts of their air-conditioned condo, taking breaks in the swimming pool or going up to the roof for the panoramic views of the jungle which was encroaching upon the ocean. V would make us tea while we worked and then we would finish off with local cervezas as Ed would tell stories about their travels or geek out about new tech toys. But they know that these toys don't bring happiness the way that the memories of their adventures and future endeavors will. In the next episode, we leave Mexico and head south towards Guatemala where we meet Lisa, a solo female traveler from Germany, whose choices to explore new lands with others has shown her how travel is the truest test of a relationship. Uh, tra- those travels definitely yeah, made us closer, if you, if you can say that, because you just yeah, you have so many experiences to share and you, you really get to know a person when you hang out 24-7, basically. Next time on Strangers Abroad.